Wow. Is the Fife property market going to continue to boom? Where are we going with this? What's happening? Good morning, everybody. How's everybody today? How's everybody getting on? How are you guys? Fine, thank you. Yeah, it's a lovely day outside in sunny Springfield, so can't complain, especially after the monsoon yesterday. <laughs> wow, I'm in a different location today. <laughs> I'm out and about, not in the new studio today, guys. So, you know, it's a different location today. Um, guys, this is, this is probably one of the most explosive programs and today we're going to have i mean will the five property market continue to boom where are we going with this all the signs are that the five housing market is sat on good foundations yet one key hazard could scupper the whole market you know that's the reality how do we see things going where are they going what's going to happen how is it going to happen and do we say it is the dreaded is the dreaded downfall coming is this going to tip and crash you know where are we going with this um, guys, if anybody, when you're watching out there, please feel free to answer us, um, ask us any questions. We're happy to take your questions live on air and answer any um, um, reservations you have about the UK property market and also the five property market itself. We can even go down to micro regions over Cooper, um, St Andrews, Leven, uh, East Nuke, um, Glenrothes, Kirkcaldy, Dunfermline. So all these different micro regions, we've got different statistics for different areas and it could be a revelation. Okay, so let's kick off guys. Uh, UK property prices are at rising at record levels. Uh, is the headline of many newspapers around about the country. In the last few weeks, the, Halli the Halifax has reported it's grown, the market's grown by 6.5% in the last 12 months, whilst nationwide has said 7.1%, and not to be outdone, the government's own land registry said 8.6%. Nothing new there then, you might think. But don't UK house prices always increase? Well, actually, they don't. As many five homeowners remember in 2009 when they dropped by almost 19%. Also, some of the most more mature five homeowners, myself, <laughs> Andrea, I'm not going to say anything, <laughs> will remember that in the early 1990s there were also house prices dropped by over 40%. That's eye watering, 40%. Frightening. Could you imagine the market dropping by 40% over four years? I mean, that's what happened in the 1990s, uh, after the 1990-89 property crash. So the increase in UK house prices over the last 12 months has mystified all the forecasts made by most economists, as house prices were forecast to drop during the pandemic, because during the previous six UK recessions experienced since World War II, house prices have always fallen sharply in real terms. So where do you think this is going, Jimmy? Um, personally, uh, this I think the market will continue to boom or stay at where we are now as long as the supply is still as little as it is right now. Um, people are still always, people move. I think I've said this many times on 
on different shows. People move for circumstances, um, not be, not necessarily because they want to. So people losing jobs, upsizing, downsizes, divorce. So there's always going to be a demand for property. And when the, I think we're at 40% compared to last year, I think it was 1,200 on the market this time last year. Now we're around about 500. So as long as that supply is that little, um, it's going, it's going to continue to be where we are now. Yeah. Andrea, what's your thoughts? I think that while there's um, such low interest available on loans, I think it's, people are going to continue to take advantage of that and uh, put their money into property. Do you think that's what drives, what's driving the market then? I think we, we have seen quite a number of um, investors buying up more property at the moment. So they're obviously looking at it for the long term rather than sort of they're not the ones that are needing to move but they're they're making a choice to, yeah. to purchase and invest their money in property yeah i just had a quick look there at zoopla so according to zoopla right now there's 505 properties available right throughout fife um up for up for sale just now currently available and when you think about the logic of that there's 370,000 people in fife itself um, and then you've got 170,000 households. So when you think about 170,000 households, we've only got 505 up for sale right across Fife. That's uh, that's quite a startling statistic. That's quite worrying um, to a yeah. degree. Yeah, and I think uh, from what I'm seeing, uh, that that's people are still hesitant. Well, the, a common question I'm getting right now is how long is this going to carry on for? Um, because some people they're thinking about cashing in now and maybe even going into rented and stuff like that until they until the crash is but ultimately no one knows how long this is going to carry on for so um i think if you if you got that mind then the time is now if you want to do something like that yeah attention uh, good morning Linda. thanks for watching and um, linda says uh, continue to grow for the next four or five years then pull back is my prediction um, I'll tell you my prediction at the end of the show, but um, it will be it will be contrasted to that to a degree um, because remember we're in unprecedented times, so it will be unprecedented measures, and and I'll tell you the reasons why I'm predicting this. But um, but Andrea, where do you think? You know, what what's your thoughts on this? Um, at the moment, obviously, as Jimmy said, people need to move for particular reasons. So I don't think there's quite as many people out there moving on a whim. Um, but there, there are still people, um, some of the older generation, that are wanting to downsize. And I, I've seen that, you know, the amount that, although they're getting record amounts for their properties, they're having to pay record amounts and sometimes even more for a smaller property than they're getting for a for their larger one so to me it seems a little bit i i wouldn't do it i i think i would do what jimmy said i would sell and go into rented you're super cautious though that's why you i am do yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh super cautious completely um um so so when you think about it you're saying that uh, people are upsizing uh, and they're downsizing as well, but you're absolutely right. Proportionately, um, in property, you're if you're downsizing, you're probably going to benefit because you're selling a bigger house, getting a larger value, and you're downsizing, you're buying a smaller house, uh, assumed smaller value. But some some properties were not seen that at all. 
You know, some properties we're seeing a hundred thousand pound more paid for it, um, yeah. which is an eye-watering figure, uh, considering where the starting price was was only three hundred thousand. Um, but but that's what people are prepared to pay just now. So there is good opportunities, and there's also good opportunities for investors. You know, I, I, I keep saying, I keep beating this drum. The reality is, when people say to me, "When is the best time to buy as an investor?" The time is always now if the numbers are right. You know, it makes no difference in the, in the equation because if you hold property for the long term, the 10 to 15 years approach and 20 years approach, then it will go up as a natural byproduct of holding the property and servicing the debt as you go um, with a tenant being in it um, and looking after the property itself over a period of time. So, uh, well, classic example in the last 10 years, property prices on average in five have gone up 46%. So if you had a house that was a hundred thousand ten years ago, uh, you would have you would have made forty six thousand pounds just by holding on to it and renting it to someone. I mean, yeah. you know, what are you, I, I go back to saying what what is everybody getting in the bank? You know, what what is everybody getting in the bank, Jimmy? Zero. <laughs> exactly. Right, that's, the point. <laughs> that's exactly the point. Um, and if that's what you're getting in the bank, that's where there seems to be a lot of money moving into the market. And I, I think what's happening here is a lot of people are actually saying, well, I've got the money in the bank. It's not doing anything for me. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just probably a bit overpay a bit more for a property. And, and you know, I can't, I can't go wrong that way because I'm not losing money. Um, it, it literally is. And I actually, we had a discussion about Bitcoin the other day online cryptocurrency. And I said, well, you're taking a bit of a gamble. You need to be as safe as, and safe as houses. And it's like, that is a common expression, safe as houses. Uh, and that just that just tees up everything when you think about it, is the safest house's expression, and it's also true. 100%. Also, oh, sorry, Jimmy. I think also um, a phrase that I've started using with people when they're thinking about offering on property um, that we know is going to go for a lot more than its home report valuation is saying, what would be your no regrets offer? Yeah. And that... It puts it in a nutshell, really, that, you know, it, does, it doesn't matter how much it costs. If they want that property, they're not going to have any regrets at all over paying for it. Didn't give away our secrets to other estate agents. <laughs> 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 They'll all be watching this thing. I could take notes about how to do this. How to be the strong negotiator and how to do it best. And then they go away and tell their clients and go, oh, that's, that's brilliant. Where did you learn that? <laughs> that could be from the number one estate agent in Scotland. <laughs> okay, so yeah, 2020 was different with the house price growth, increasing at its highest rate since 2014, um, as, as as the substantial government support programmes, um, banks back loans, um, grants, furlough, for example, as well, has modified uh, the hit to the household um, incomes. It has modified the hit to the household incomes anyway. I mean, there's there's astronomical amounts out there, but I don't think some people realise they've actually got to pay back this bounce back loan at some point in time in the future. <laughs> I actually saw somebody's accounts and they had their bounce back loan included as income, you know, in their actual P&L. And it's like, no, it's not. It's in your balance sheet because you've still got to pay it back. It's no part of your sales. It's just cash. So it's cash in the bank. And it's a loan you've got to pay back in your balance sheet. It doesn't go to your profit and loss account. Um, but that's another story. That's me being an accountant. But, but it's amazing <laughs> how people look at that. You know, when you think about, you know, how they're looking at that logic, it's they're thinking that's an, a, a mainstream income to their own, to their turnover and their sales, but it's actually not at all. 
So that's quite quite a revelation. And 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 what concerns me is that a lot more people think like that as well. Yeah, I think people are just going all a bit gun ho at the moment, all a bit rush, 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 all a bit not much planning and thinking behind things just now. Well, it's it's needless you snooze, you lose. You know, you're, but I, I mean, people are actually saying to us, um, oh, I'm selling my house in three days and I'm going well, I'm selling them in minus one. <laughs> what? It's like, I've not even got it on a portal yet and it's sold. Um, that's how quick I'm selling them. Like minus three as well sometimes. <laughs> minus three days and it's away. <laughs> it's almost like a hysteria, you know, when people know that there's a house coming on, it's like, I have to have it, I have to have it. And... Um, you know, it's it's the it's it is it is what Jimmy said. It's families growing up. It's families. It's families expanding. It's people moving in. It's people moving out. Um, it's babies on the way, and it's we we can't tell baby. It, could you just hold off till we have a house first? You know, that's no. I'm nine months and I'm popping out. You like it? <laughs> popping out to the shops. <laughs> um. Add, I mean, add that to the pent-up demand for the, the Boris Bounce and all the people working from home wanting an extra room in the office and therefore needing to move as a result of that, plus the land and building tr transaction tax holiday in England, um, and we had it in Scotland as well, with the cherry on the cake of the 0.1% Bank of England interest rates uh, keeping borrowing affordable. This has meant, really, that five property values have gone up 10.3% uh, than a year ago. So in the last 12 months, five property values have got 10.3%. Compare that when you think about it, five is outperforming the whole of the UK. Because they're saying the UK, the Halifax said 6.5, Nationwide says 7.1, even the land registry for the whole of the UK says 8.6, but five is exponentially outperforming. Do you think it's driven a lot by lifestyle now? Yeah, working from home lifestyle and um, when you talk mentioned there uh, like the stamp duty holiday i spoke i've spoken to many people that are offering well i'm going to be saving this on stamp duty holiday so i'm just going to pay that over as well it's like mm. it's like it's three money to them um but definitely lifestyle seeing a lot of people come from far and wide sort of a lot from england london um edinburgh glasgow wanting to be either St Andrews, the East Newcastle. or some of them want to be rural, more rural, like Strathmiglo, yeah. Muckdee, yeah. and where it's easy access onto onto the motorway and get to Glasgow, Edinburgh, etc., wherever they need to be to do work. So Fife as a whole is probably pretty central in the whole of Scotland, so you can get everywhere within well an hour and a half, the main city sort of Edinburgh, Glasgow, and Aberdeen. So it really is probably the hub of Scotland Fife almost becoming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I um, did a property viewing uh, just last week and the person that viewed it was from uh, Norfolk. And I said to her, I said, oh, you, why, you, why are you moving? Are you relocating for work? And she says, oh, I'm, you know, I, I work from home now. We're not office-based anymore. I could live anywhere in the world and I want to live in Fife. And she bought the flat. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, and, and and I think as well, I was watching Men in Kilts on Star Plays TV. I tell you what, if you're wanting to have a good laugh, watch Men in Kilts. It is so funny. But the That's thing, not the ones that do the yoga, is it? No, no. no. <laughs> Men in Kilts doing yoga with nothing on. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'll send you the link. <laughs> um, the, 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 um, 
Uh, what I've noticed though, there's a lot of stuff talking about the East Nuke um, in St Andrews because because of what we've got and the where we've got it. Um, so it, Sam and uh, Graham had actually appeared in Pitt and Wim, uh, and they'd gone out the boats and they'd been talking about food and they'd had uh, they'd had Tony Singh, which is the Michelin star uh, restaurateur on the on the harbour at uh, uh, Pitt and Wim as well. So I mean that's a big US hit. So when you think about it, that's going right throughout the world, and it's painting that picture, a glorious um, lifestyle choice for people outside of the area. Now, I'll be honest, for the people of East Nuke, it's not really fantastic because it makes it more difficult for them to get in the housing ladder because there's an abundance of money coming in from outside, which has got better and better buying power than they've got. So, you know, it's 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 no great, and that's another issue for probably affordable housing for the East Nuke area, which Kingdom Housing is doing just now, actually. You know, they're putting up 46 uh, properties in the uh, St Monin's area um, in conjunction with Lockheed Homes, so affordable um, for rent. So that's that's a good thing for that. But but it is this worldwide exposure we're getting. I mean, let's not let's talk about the East Nook Salt Company as well. And Darren, you know, East Nook Salt Company has appeared on many news shows now, um, and uh, and also Michael Portillo is doing it for his show as well. Um, as a result, and so it's it's again it's bound to be pushing all these areas and all that lifestyle choice for people looking for that. As you said, Andrea, it's, I could I could work anywhere else in the world. So why on earth am I wanting to be in the city centre and, and, and listen to all the buses go past me every single day and all these people and all the noise um, when I could be sitting here and I could just say, I tell you what, for my lunch, I'm going to walk out and I'm going to sit on the beach and then I'm going to go back in and I'm going to go back to work. It's perfect. It's a life change. This, this, is, this is not going to change just because everybody is wanting to go back in the office. Um, or the employers want people to go back in the office, it's going to be difficult for people to transition back in there. And a lot of employers are actually saying, look, you know, to be honest, maybe two or three days work from home. Yeah. Um, that's that's the way this is coming. I think some people will like some people like the hustle and bustle of of the city, but predominantly the way that is with the new with the new restrictions or whatever's been, people realise that maybe there's there's so much more to that, and that's why they come into Places yeah. like five. It, it does kind of tear you though, um, because our town centres, if nobody's working in offices, the economy in there is going to drop. We're going to lose our small shops, the little bakeries, you know, where people go and grab their sandwiches at lunchtime. Um, and just people that go out and wander around the shops and do those little impulse buys, you know, that they wouldn't normally do if they were working from home. So this if that thing. level of the economy drops, then it could affect the housing market because yes. people are not going to have the money. They're not going to have jobs. There's a knock-on effect to come here. And uh, and I was talking about yesterday with someone else. It's uh, the implications of pension funds. So the pension funds invest heavily in shopping centres and office complexes. Uh, people like Standard Life, um, Prudential, um, all the big corporations actually use as a result of what they do. Therefore, if they're no longer needing that or uh, that accommodation, what else are they going to use it for? They're going to lose the rent on that. It's going to affect pension funds, which could actually affect people in their retirement for their savings plans. Um, so it could. There is a there is a fine balancing act. I would say personally, for me, uh, you know, it's fair enough to say commercial property is maybe not the flavour of the month. However, there is opportunities in commercial property for warehousing because that's obviously a big thing with online shopping now. But but to have mainstream, it's like what you say, Andrea, retail premises. 
Um, is that the best way to move forward from now on? Um, only time will tell, really, in terms of the UK economy. I'd be interested to hear anybody else's thoughts out there about what their thoughts are on commercial premises and commercial property and whether it's a good option for them or, or whether they don't see it as a good option at all. Um, I mean, the other thing that I come back to is affordability. This is a key indicator for the property market to, to assess. This is an index that's been used time and time again to understand exactly if it is the right time in the property market to start buying or the right time to start selling um, as an investor anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, affordability of the property um, is a big issue going forward. By the time of the height of the last property boom in 2008, um, the national average of um, property values to earnings had risen to 5.1 in 2000 uh, to 8.8 .8 in 2008. So the average, this means the average house price was 8.8 .8 times the size of the UK's average person's annual earnings. I mean, that's a huge amount. I mean, how on earth could you, how on earth could you buy a property 8.8 .8 times? The, the banks only do four and a half just now, and that's on combined incomes. Um, so that's, I mean, that's how, that's how the property boom ends up, like, they get to a tipping point and it's like, we need a correction. It just happens automatically because there's only one way to go from being at the top and that's possibly just easing back down, tapering off and, uh, and hopefully avoiding a cliff edge. You know, that's really what it comes down to. Um, I mean, when the, we, we then had a property crash in the preceding years and the ratio uh, dropped around um, around the late sixes and, and early sevens when the property crash happened. However, over the last few years, the ratio has been steadily rising. And now with the recent growth in demand for property and the, the five reasons I mentioned in the previous uh, paragraph, um, the ratio has now smashed uh, past nine. You know, looking locally, right? So we'll look at locally and we'll look at this ratio. Um, I've got a, a nice wee graph for us to look at. Um, always like wee graphs. Um, they're nice. So here's the average UK earnings ratio. So this is this is the graph. This shows you in the uh, when it dropped in the market. So I'll give you a wee indication here. So this is in the beginning of 2000s. This is the 5.1. There in 2008, it goes to 8.8. .8, and then it drops right down to uh, 6 and 7. And then, it, it, you know, over the years, it gradually steadily climbs again, climbs again. There's lockdown coming in. And then, then after lockdown comes out, boom, we're right back up at nine times. Now, it's sustainable. Um, and the reason it's sustainable um, because we now lend on four and a half times your normal, your both combined incomes, um, if, if, you know, if that's correct. So both combined incomes, whereas when we were back in the year 2000, they were only lending on three and a half times one person's income plus another person's income. Um, that's, that's where we were previously. So there, there is ramifications there for the, the market. Uh, the ratio of average property values to earnings in five in uh, as a comparison in 2000 was three, uh, rising to 5.5 in 2008 and dropping to 4.3 a year later when the credit crunch hit. And now it really just stands at 4.9. So five's got a long way to go. Yeah. So when you think about it, we're not the, we're not the nine like everybody else is right through the UK, which means 
Uh, property prices still have a wee bit to rise before we actually get to any any intolerable level in the Fife market and in terms of where we are. So there is a lot of there is a lot of mileage left in the market still. Um, so are we heading for another house price crash? You know, what's your thoughts on that, Jimmy? I think it, I think it will. It's just when, um, and nobody knows that. But as as I said previously at the start of the show, I can't see I can't see it happening within the next year. There's just too little. We're we're going to be in this sort of COVID situation, so people are always going to be hesitant about X Y Z. So there's always going to be that limited stock available. Same amount of buyers needing to move, wanting to move. So I think it's going to at least carry on for another year. But beyond that, I won't know until, or we won't know until COVID is a bit further progressed, hopefully well, gone it's forever. A, it's the laws of economics. Once once you realise that the, the, the proverbial shit's hit the fan, you know, you're too late. It's, yeah. you, you can't do anything about it. The, 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 the train has left the station, momentum has built. And in order to get it to slow down, um, or or avoid it from crashing, you have to put serious quick measures in, which are really ineffective at that time because the momentum was built. Um, yeah. Remember, when you think about it, we're still at 4.9 times um, in terms of the value of the property uh, for the average earnings in the Fife market. And we can borrow up to four and a half from a bank times. So we're still at a tolerable level. Yeah, I think that's what people are doing. People are realising that and... A lot of people, that's why, because they're so low and they can still afford it, they're just mortgaging themselves up to the hill because it, they, they can still. Yeah. And the interest rates are so so low, so they might as well, if I'm going to do it, let's just do it now. It's, it's desperation to get a house. Um, it's also, I would say, uh, it's um, there's a lot of long-term thinking with some people. It's like, well, you know, we can get the house, um, we're going to be in it for a number of years anyway, so it really doesn't make any difference. I always go with the analogy that I bought my house for 260000 I spent 100000 on it, the property crash came along, and instantly overnight I lost sixty grand. Mm-hmm. But did I lose sixty grand? I never sold it, and I'm still in it today. And now it's yeah. gone back beyond what I actually bought and paid for it and refurbed it with. So so I never really lost anything. It was only a, it was only a intangible thing. It was on paper, but it never realised because I didn't sell. Yeah, I think that's what Andrea was saying earlier about the smaller houses. That's why I think smaller houses are maybe the values going up on those now is because people are downsizing from bigger properties. They're realizing this is too big for me. This is going to be more than likely my last house. They're downsizing from a bigger one. They're getting more for that anyway because families want to upsize. They need home, home, home offices, extra rooms, etc. So they're getting more for that. But other people have the same same thoughts. So everybody is still going for the the smaller properties, but they got bigger budgets. They're even getting more for the house, so they're paying an absolute fortune for the smaller, let's just yeah. say, a two-bedroom bungalow for this instance. So that's why the two-bedroom bungalows or bungalows in in a in a hole are just going bonkers. This is, <laughs> this is where this is where the price of flats begin to accelerate so fast in comparison to houses, because yes. first-time buyers no longer can afford a house. Because their mortgage is generally around about the ninety to hundred thousand mark for a first-time buyer, the houses, most terrace houses, never above a hundred thousand. So therefore, they can't afford to pay the extra over and above because that's the starting price, the hundred thousand. 
you know, they can't yeah. go to the acre over and above. Therefore, they have to go for the flats. Therefore, there's more people chasing flats now. Therefore, that's where the that's where the next growth area is. I think over the next couple of years is going to be. It's going to be in the flats market, um, and where where the prices are going to go exponentially in in comparison yeah. to. I, I uh, think houses. we noticed we noticed that um, the flat market had gone a bit flat, if you excuse the pun, um, yeah. while the uh, first home fund was available because people were able to afford that, with that slightly higher budget with the help of the government um maybe a mid-terraced house with front and back door and gardens and everything but now that that's no longer available their only option to get on the property ladder is with with flatted properties so uh, we were yeah. seeing that they are now beginning to move again i tell you what though there's some cracking flats out there you know, it's there's. I, I mean, a lot. A lot of people are like, "Oh, I want a back and front garden." And it's like, well, with a flat, you actually get your own private garden on most occasions. Yeah. Um, and and you can possibly, if you've got a downstairs one, you can turn the front garden into an off-street parking. So yeah. you've got all the benefits of of the everything you need. Plus the fact it's all manageable. It's easier, more manageable than than a house itself. Um, it's just this impression that um, a, a a man or a woman's place is their, is their castle, and and this 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 obsession we have in the UK property market to acquire acquire a house and buy a house, whereas whereas uh, most of the content actually rents. Yeah, I mean, we, well, we've noticed that um, with a few numbers that we've achieved on some of our flats recently that the flat market is going up. And I actually went out to see a lady on Thursday, was probably one of the nicest properties I've ever been into it. It was in Leven and it was a two bedroom upper apartment. But the finish and the back garden was out of this world. It was amazing. Yeah. Really was. I think you just need to, it's just a stereotype of I don't want to live in a, a flat or an apartment, basically. But right yeah. now, I think it depends on what your lifestyle is as well. As I say, my, my own daughter's looking for a property, but she's a singer and she teaches singing. So she's very self-conscious about make, maybe making a noise when she belts out uh, all the ballads and things. So yeah. she a flat would not be suitable for her, but she just can't afford a house at mm. the moment. It's just nothing available. I've even said, you know, go through, troll through all the, the properties and see what has been on the market for the longest time because you're more likely to get a better deal on that than anything that's coming on new. Yeah, you might find there'll be a, there'll be a few properties coming on after the furlough ends. Yeah. You know, that, that could be potential as well, where people actually realise. I mean, I have had friends contact me recently and said, you know, can get theatre redundancy. I might actually get re redeployed somewhere else, but I just want to know more options um, where I stand. And yeah. So that's that, that could be a big thing uh, come uh, September. You know, or thereabouts when that when that all starts to kind of the realization comes into place and into play, because then we know ourselves, uh, and I know in our in my mentality the property market never stops, but in the cyclical market still there's still a perception that, um, and there is to a degree because if you go away in summer holiday, you've not got access. You used to never have access to either stage, but now you've got everything on a on our phone. And you can see everything while you're on holiday as well and you can look for property and you can bid on property and actually talk about property while you're on your phone when you're somewhere else in the world or somewhere else in the country um i, I that's beginning to it's beginning it's beginning to level out a bit more um but i still think you're probably going to see a lot more properties come on in august um end of yeah. july beginning in august that's typically what happens where people still have this entrench of um the the cyclical movement 
of the property market. Holidays are out the way now, um, school's going back, and now I could actually think about um, where are we going to go to next? And, and and that's when you tend to find a lot of properties will come into the market. I you'll mean, see, um, oh, sorry, you'll see, um, no. you'll see um, as well, people that are on furlough that are wanting to move houses, but they can't quite get it or don't want to get a mortgage on their furlough wage. Um, yeah. when it when furlough ends they'll be back to work or when back to normally we'll be back to working they'll get their three months pay slips that they need for the mortgage bang they'll be putting the house on the market they just can't do it as of yet that's i never thought of that that's a good one Jimmy. why why that could that could have an implication so it's not just an overall picture of one big thing it makes the it makes the difference to what's going on it's a combination of all these smaller areas and uh, and bubbles um, uh, to coin a phrase uh, would actually come together to to make up that overall difference and why people are thinking as they're thinking just now and why the property market is so curtailed just now in terms of the supply uh, i mean there's a huge demand out there i mean let's let's be honest you know we've said it before it's like you know how could you sell a house before you even get to a portal that was never even thought about years a few years back but now that that is almost standard practice for us to get an astronomical figure from someone um, to from b before you actually list it on a website, um, um, so they get the chance to get it before anyone else. You know that's the reality of what's happening. Um, and 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 what's happening now, and, and I've noticed, and I don't think you've not noticed this. It's like our subscribers on our YouTube channel are going, Roar, they're going right up because people are realising that we're putting our we're putting our pre-portal launches or our, or our tours on our social media channel. So we can send them to our clients for approval and they're actually then getting in and seeing them on there first before they're actually before we're even doing a pre-portal. And then yeah. what about that one that's on YouTube? I've had I've had it this morning. What about that one that's on YouTube? It's like, you know, it's like, well, wait a minute, that's only be sent over to the client for approval. We've not done any pre-portals or anything on that. <laughs> We've not done anything yet. Um, they're working out ways to get around that and get 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 through the process and get in there before anyone else. And you know, hats off to anybody that's trying to uh, doing that because it shows your inventiveness and how to get there and how to get a property before anyone else and get get in there. And um, so, really, in, in essence, are we actually heading for a property crash? Well, maybe, maybe not, because the house price um, uh, to earnings ratio is only tells us a small part of that story. Another indicator of property market is the mortgage affordability, which I touched on uh, earlier, which measures the proportion of mortgage payments to average incomes. Uh, for all mortgage lend holders in 2015, this stood at 24.13%. And today, it's only just above the national average. So let's have a wee look at this this other graph here, and I'll just quickly jump onto this. So this is this is the graph here. Um, now, um, this is the this is the percentage of first-time buyers um, of percentage of income going on mortgage payments. This is another key indicator. Um, when you think about the logic of this, let's talk about this. Um, so that's just above the income affordability, yet the lifeblood of the property market is first-time buyers. I've always said that it's first-time buyers because they allow everybody else to upgrade to all the different levels. Buying at the bottom it allows the person to then upgrade to the middle section. That person from the middle upgrades to the top section, the bigger house, and then lo and behold, the cycle goes on as they then, the kids leave home, then they downgrade again to a lower, um, lower size accommodation. So that's that cyclical nature of the market. Um, the lifeblood of the property market is definitely first-time buyers. The long-term average percent of their income, which goes on mortgage payments for first-time buyers, is, was 33%. Uh, so, in other words, 33% of your income 
is going on your mortgage payments. Uh, just before the 1989 property market crash, this stood at 54%. You'll remember that, Jimmy, where 54% of your income actually went on mortgage payments. That's when interest rates, interest rates were 15%. 15% on your mortgage. That's what we were paying in 1989. I remember that. I was quite fortunate that, that year because we had a budget mortgage. So it meant that we stayed on the 8%. It was set at the beginning of the year right until the end of the year and then they reassessed it so when they went up to 15 percent in that year we were we were we were hedged against it and we were protected from that because we weren't involved in the swings during the year and by the time it got around to the the end of the next year to set the budget again it was down to about 12 percent. so we were quite fortunate and we, we got masked to that a bit i mean whilst just before the 2008 property crash it had reached 49 percent of everybody's income Today actually stands at 31.7%. So it's only still about 30% of your income. Um, and this reason uh, it's so low, even with the record high property prices, is the low interest rates. Because when the mortgage interest rates are low, this permits um, people to afford larger mortgages, uh, which enables them to build up, um, bid up in house prices. So they can afford larger. And, and, and it's what you said, Jimmy. You know, that's basically what's uh, driving that market. People are people are, are able to afford larger mortgages because they've got lower interest rates so you can see here in the 1989 market where it was um it, i mean that's an eye of order so i can look at that 54 oh, no. right up there well, i don't even know i understand how many even lived off that uh you just i tell you what it was it was beans on toast for a long time <laughs> literally i remember those days and uh and uh and and and, and, I, and i must admit i was a smoker at that time and i did i did rake through the ashtrays a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> to see if i had anything left that i could i could i could recover <laughs> in a, a roll-up <laughs> um, that was that was, uh, that was tough times but again tough times will never last but tough people do um <laughs> Then you'd seen in 2007 it had gone up to that 50 percent again and then significantly dropped as interest rates dropped in 2009 and um, with the crash and onwards and then you can see there today it's actually below the average overall that time period so we're still got a lot of mileage to go you know that, yeah, that, that's really what it's shown us as you said if the first time buyers or the first time buyers are the the life of the market in terms of getting the process and people upgrading starting if that's if that's at a, an even care or affordable then the market is gonna sustain at this boom yeah mm -hmm. all the everything's adding up to, for it to continue basically so why aren't more first-time buyers buying homes well in fact they are they're buying more homes and in turn at the turn of the millennium just over half of 25 to 35 year olds um, were homeowners by 2014. Uh, this has dropped to just a third, although since then it has also increased to 41%. Now with the reintroduction, the government's uh, backed 95% mortgages in April, uh, this demand will continue further. You know, so I mean, 95% mortgages is obviously, it was here in 2010 anyway, that's the reality. So it will continue to grow as a result. Um, so 95% mortgages are back. Are we seeing an increase now in first-time buyers coming in again? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have bought the house that I'm in today if it wasn't for a 95% mortgage. Um, and I think people need to read. People are realizing, look, 
95% mortgage, I'll get a two or three year fixed mortgage. Every old, what I'm paying into my mortgage is going to help me with my deposit and then I can get to where I want to be in two, three years time. And that's what they, they're looking at it more in a longer, longer picture rather than I want to, I want, I want to buy my dream house right now as yeah. such, because yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not doable the way the market is because you have to pay first time buyers aren't going to have the budget to pay well unless they're fortunate um but aren't going to be able to pay head and shoulders above home report value at this stage and they're going to get priced out of the people that are already done just a couple of few years ahead of them basically i think it depends on the area you're looking in as well because there are some areas certainly within Fife, that are more affordable and are probably more attractive for the first-time buyer market. Um, yeah. But, you know, if some people do want, if they're making a, a move for their first home, they do want it to be perfect because as a lot of millennials, they want every, the best of everything right away. And um, sometimes they just can't get that. I keep saying we live in a microwave society. Everybody wants everything like ping, and they want it now and they want they, they don't want to wait anymore they don't want to build cash anymore they want to borrow it all the time and they want to then go and buy something else and and to a degree the people that will win long term will probably be the people that actually practice a bit of delayed gratification you know that sort of farmer mentality plant the seed nurture the seed grow the seed invest properly save money and um, put it aside and and then jump in at the right time rather than just thinking i deserve it because we live around everybody it constantly tells us to buy 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 and it's because they want to sell 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 that's the reality and you're constantly bombarded with that in the media as well isn't it yeah I, I, I do think that we're going to see a rise you know when furlough ends there, there are going to be redundancies i think we're going to see a rise in properties come into the market from that because people are not going to be able to afford them. I think we've mentioned before about the three Ds, the death, the divorce and the debt are part of what keeps the housing market going. Um, and I think this pandemic has brought all three um, in various ways. So it's, you know, it's keeping it buoyant, but um, I, th I do think that once the market gets more property in it, then the prices may begin to stabilise a bit. Well, look at what Joe said. I was looking into buying five, but it's a lot. Of, it's a lottery houses at the moment are overpriced. Um, but the, the, the reality of that, Joe, is um, it depends where you're buying. I mean, there's a lot of good value still. I mean, Glenrothes. Actually, somebody actually said to me the other day, "Do you do you realise that Glenrothes is is a is now more expensive to buy than Kirkcaldy?" In terms of the the type of house, but there is certain I it's there's certain areas though in Glenrothes where where the prices are still good. I mean, you're still getting houses in Glenrothes like a four bedroom house sometimes for about you know um, for about the eighty to ninety thousand mark. You know, yeah. so that's that's still achievable. And for me personally, it's like four bedroom house. Wow, I, I was like I couldn't even get a two bedroom flat for twenty thousand pound when I first started. It's like that's all I could afford. And you're getting four bedroom houses for about 80 to 90 grand. How lucky yeah. can you be in yeah. comparison? But we don't realise that. That's We don't realise that as, as, as a younger generation because we won't understand what the older generation went through. I think a lot of the, the first-time buyers used to look at uh, the um, 
the houses that were previously uh, council houses and buying those as their, you know, when they came up for sale, they were a good buy because they were all always that bit cheaper than your your privately uh, built right. house. If I was but the first they've buyer, gone up in price as well. If I was a first time buyer, I'd be buying in the areas which are more challenged because mm -hmm. the areas that are more challenged and and in the methyl area, for example, and and Fife. Um, in the Lochelly area, for example, and and they've got lower values on them. But I tell you what, these are the ones that likes potentially grow because because every other person is, is priced out of that. So if you were to buy that now and put a bit of gloss on it and glamour on it, you know, put your own stamp on it um, and then sell it in about a year or two years time, I think you're going to make a good return on that. Um, and that will allow you to upgrade to another property uh, quite easily. I mean, you're absolutely right about once furlough ends, unemployment will doubtlessly will doubtless rise um, um, in the following 12 months. But will it? I mean, unemployment has actually dropped from month to month to now. You know, it's gone from 4.9 to 4.6 uh, this month, month on month, and year on year. So, so are we? Are we? Uh, is it maybe going to taper off properly? You never know. Uh, yet the economy is more than likely to be in the boom phase. So by the spring summer of 2022, the unemployment rate should start to fall. You know, because everybody's back to sort of a normality, if that makes sense. Um, you can see that happening now. People are all just going back to normality. Um, holidays are starting to come on stream again. Um, we're starting to discuss people go to each country. And if that works out fine, then everything will continue to boom as a result of that. So does everything look great for the five property market? Well, before you get the champagne out, um, there is a cloud on the horizon. And it's the possibility of higher interest rates. They have actually discussed it. Inflation is is starting to creep up now. So the sometimes one club approach is all they've got. Um, but that's the old economic thing. By the time inflation catches up, the boats left the, the harbour and gave momentum. So it's not easy to stop it. So inflation will continue to go for two or three months after. Um, Brexit as well, with having the restriction of goods coming into our country and goods going out, means that we will have to pay higher prices because there's less goods available, but there's still that demand. So that might have an effect as well. So undoubtedly over the next few years, interest rates will, will not go up. Um, uh, and if they do, it will be it will be nominally. I can't see the government turning around and putting interest rates up at, 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 or, or allowing interest rate to be put up at, at horrendous amounts. Um, I'll make a prediction though, 100% mortgages. I think you'll come back. I think 100% mortgages will be back. Uh, I, 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 I don't know what, what gives me that indication, but there's something at the back of my mind that says everything is right for this to happen. And the reason for that is because interest rates are at a record low, inflation's going up, um, house prices are going up exponentially so fast as a result, uh, employment levels are still at a good full employment level, 4.6. Anything between 4 and 6% is full employment in an, in an economic situation, in, a, in economics. So 4.6% is still full employment because they assume that 4.6% of the workforce is looking for other jobs and looking to retrain and reskill as a result. Um, so I think the only other thing that they can do to stimulate the housing market is actually either pump more money in or do 100% mortgages and give a guarantee on that. So I think 100% mortgages could end up appearing in the next two couple of years, backed up by the garden, by the government again, if they want to keep stimulating the housing market, because it relies solely and so much on our economy and our economic situation because of all the things that surround housing. You know, financing, improvements, um, um, 
um, all all these different um, uh, joiners, you know, all small businesses, everything revolves around that area. Upkeeper gardens, B and Q, all these all these different things uh, supply that market. So I think we could end up having hundred percent mortgages appear again. Um, but but you know, I, I would say quote on it. I think that's going to happen. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. Because what else is there to do to stimulate the market? There's nothing else left. They've pushed, they've pumped so much money into the economy, etc. They they can't allow it to happen, I don't think. So I think yeah. I would agree that you're that you're right. Because if it all does come crashing down after all the that money that they've pumped into it, it'll just be like we've done that for nothing. Yeah. Is that Pardon? Is that throwing good money after bad? That's a, I mean, that's a, sometimes you've just got to draw a line under it and call it quits and just walk away. You know, so and that's happened in the past. Governments have done that in the past. They've just said, no, we're gonna let we're gonna let the free market. The exchange rate mechanism, where the that's where interest rates went sky high because the government walked away and said, We're we're not gonna take part in anymore. We're gonna go we're gonna let it free fall and see what happens. I would say that if 100% mortgages were to come back in, obviously you're going to get more first-time buyers, um, which would actually help the, the rental market um, because there's such a demand for rental properties as well at the moment. Um, you know, People are actually bidding on their rental um, how much they're, they're paying to get into a rental so but i think councils are also and housing associations are building starting to build more affordable rental properties as well i know that's happening in the area that i live in um it, it's not a lot because i mean when you think about it in this grand scheme of things i mean there's kingdom housing uh, they're committed to building two thousand houses i think it is over the next four to five years now two thousand houses in the scope of things isn't it much because in the next four or five years how many people are going to be built up going to be born and live longer in life as a result of that you know just lifestyle and born as well it's, it's going to be certainly more than probably two thousand so that's not even going to take up the capacity it's available so we're going to have to get we're going to have to get our national house building program and i mean national as in the scottish government getting their finger out and saying this is what we're going to do we're going to commit to it we're going to get people houses we're going to put this money into it all this money they're spending on needless things like trident and, and you know all this 400 million going into that put it into building houses it creates jobs it creates wealth it creates housing it gives people a secure roof over their head it it, it, it stimulates an economy as a result of it, and it's a hell of a lot better than building bombs well maybe the pension funds should invest money into houses it's coming it's been allowed it's 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 been it's been uh, there was a white paper done by uh, for barclays bank um and the government announced it that they want institutional investors to invest in housing um as a result of what they're doing um and and that will come eventually um there is inroads already from some of the major banks indicating that they want to do that the problem is um you it's only it's only viable in cities because they're the only places that allow big huge scale on mass on scale developments you know the big huge blocks of properties yeah you, you kind of get but that we've got there. massive big blocks yeah. we've got a debenhams in perth that's now sitting empty how many well, debenhams that's, that's where that can be changed you're absolutely right that's mm -hmm. where i think that's what there'll be some adaptation and possibly to turn that into residential accommodation and that's where I think as well down south, warehouses as well, they're looking at that. Commercial warehouses, change them into 
um, residential accommodation. So there's a there's a there's a lot of different things out there that could turn every different way. Um, interest rates. I mean, interest rates are used to control a number of economic factors as well. One uh, being the, the currency, and secondly, inflation. Uh, as many suggest, if we get an economic boom in the next 12 to 18 months, as we come out a lot as we come out of lockdown completely, this will put up forward upward pressure on the price of goods and services. As we've said, normally the prices that go up, inflation, to ensure that inflation doesn't get out of control, interest rates are normally used as a mechanism to control that. So will interest rates rise? You know, what's your predictions, guys? Interest rates? I think if interest rates go up, people will, if people want the product, they'll find a way of getting it. It's the same with the houses at the moment. The prices have gone up people are paying more to get exactly what they want so i don't think it will make any difference to the to the general yeah. public whether the interest rate goes up that much for those that can afford it obviously it's going to affect people who are on much lower incomes and are already struggling but for those that are in the more affluent um society they're going to be able to continue as normal yeah mm -hmm. I would, I would agree. Um, um, okay, so five homeowners, um, undoubtedly, interest rates are going to go up. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, there's too many, there's too many uh, uncon uncontrolled mechanisms out there that people will find a way around it, around the system. And that's why I said about 100% mortgages. It will happen in some shape or form or some way because we don't control uh, the system enough and, and to stop that happening. So it will come round in some shape or form in the future. Um, it will, will allow more borrowing or other ways to get houses. I mean, five homeowners and bifolate landlords should seriously consider protecting themselves with fixed rate mortgages. I mean, I've just I've just agreed to a five year with one of my bifolates the other night. Um, put on a five year, uh, uh, I think it was three point one percent, and I'm happy with three point one percent because it gives me complete certainty about where the price of that property is going to be in terms of what I need to pay to, to service the debt. And I know what the rental value is going to be because I know the rents are not going to drop anytime soon because there is literally only about 80 properties up for rent right across Fife. So yeah, there's right a now. huge demand out there. There's a huge, huge demand out there. In fact, I'll just take a quick look there now, actually, because I'm sitting on Zoopla. Um, I'm just going to jump on and do that and see what they say. So let's do a quick one across Fife. Um, whenever, whenever I'm looking at, whenever I'm um, looking for an e looking for yeah, an email, there's, there's always every every property upload for rent at the moment. It just gets the phone just goes bananas. <laughs> you could you could see that then. I'll do. I'll, I'll see if I can quickly see, uh, share that screen um, for Zupla. Um, here it is. So that's where it is now. Can everybody see that? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. 76 properties right there. Currently up for rent right across Fife. That's less than what we spoke about a month ago. That just shows you where we are in terms of the rental market. There is 370,000 people in Fife chasing. I mean, they're not chasing 76 properties, 370,000 people. But there's a good proportion of that looking for a property to rent. So when you think about it, there's, if there's only 76, then where are we going with that as well? So we yeah. still need to get that sorted out. So they should seriously consider protecting themselves um, on the fixed rate mortgages. I believe we will see some inflation in the order of 3 to 5% of the coming 24 to 36 months. Yet the interest rates won't be enabled, uh, when it won't enable to bring this down. 
Um, we've had a similar case in the early 2010s when we had a mismatch of demand and supply of goods and inflation spiked to 5% before returning back to its long-term 2% average uh, quite quickly later after. Uh, the Chancellor was also in, uh, encouraged some inflation uh, um, also encouraged some inflation to reduce the real cost of the billions he has borrowed because of the pandemic. Um, yet, when you think about it, he won't want to see the interest rates increase to take the cost of borrowing upwards because that will put pressure on house owners. Um, so, I, I mean, the real thoughts of that is if you're considering moving or buying or selling um, or buy to let in Fife in the next eight, uh, 12 to 18 months, um, you probably should have a one-to-one -one or, or a separate chat with us and, uh, and we'll talk about your options and what could be available as a result of that. I think that's the most important point. Um, predictions for what's going to happen with the boom market. Finally, Andrea, let's talk about this. Where do you think <laughs> the market will end up after all this? I think it's going to stay strong, certainly over the next year. Um, there's people that have sold their properties, they're sitting and rented, waiting for the right property to come up. So there's still a strong market out there. Um, and I, I think the rental market is going to boom as well. Jimmy? Yeah, um, just reiterate what Andrea said. I know um, as long as this uh, the supply, as you've shown in the rental and sales market, stay so low, then it can only continue to go up. Um, and just looking at the results that we've achieved this week, two of them not even on the market, it's frightening, frightening. Yeah. Yeah. But two of them not even on the market, they're off and sold um, before yeah. they even got it. If you're out there, guys, and you're looking to buy a house and you're waiting on a website, actually, your house appearing on the website, you're too late. You need to follow our Facebook channels. You need to follow them so you can get live pre-launches so you can see them straight away five days before they even go on a portal um or you've missed out by that time on the on the ones that you really want that's really what it comes down to where do i see the housing market i think that we've got a good two maybe three years at the very most um this is unprecedented times um we have um typically what happens before is you have when the market's booming in sales uh, the rental market tends not to be booming because people tend to be moving from rent to, to buying um, when the market is booming in rent, um, you tend to find the sales market isn't booming because people are renting because they're, they're fearful that maybe the economy or the jobs or anything like that. We have an unprecedented situation where we've got the two markets booming at the same time. Um, so, you know, where this is going to go, I, 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 I've given some sort of predictions, uh, but I do think they're going to have to keep this going. Um, um, and in order to keep this going, they're possibly going to have to work out another way of, of financing it and that's the 100% mortgages route. Um, I, I think everybody's going to say it's crazy at the time when it, if it does happen, um, but but I think it's probably going to be one route forward. Interest rates might move up a wee bit um, and and they possibly might accelerate. They did just before the crash for 2000 and uh, the credit crunch, because um, I remember they were at 5% and all of a sudden accelerated up to 7.5% 7, 7 um, within a short period of time uh, that's when I fixed my mortgage, and then subsequently um, they dropped like a stone. Nail up there, then I was fixed at seven and a half percent. Took me a few years to get out of that, um, but but the point was um, they will they will move up. Um, so you probably need to fix your mortgage rates now 
If it's something you want to talk about later, please feel free to talk to us. And that's it, guys. Thanks very much for coming on the show this week. Um, I do my weekly property update tomorrow night at 7, uh, 7 o'clock on Sunday night. And uh, and uh, and we'll see you all next week for the next edition of the Five Property Show. Bye for now. Enjoy the weekend, guys. Bye.